0: We begin.
1: Okay. So, good morning, everyone. My name is Avigdor <laughs> el Uh I am uh, a UPI in Tel Aviv University in Israel. My lab works mostly on s- different aspects of bacterial signaling and cooperation, and that's what I would talk about today. So, I don't know how many of you were at the conference because I gave a lecture there, which was more specific to the work we're doing. Who was not at the conference? that us like that. A okay. few. Most people were. So I won't talk, unfortunately, about what I spoke about in the conference. I think it will bore you. I'll, I'll try to to share with you some ideas. This, uh, this is not really like a, a very organized uh, work. It's something I'm considering writing, maybe a kind of a constructive review on uh, some 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 ideas about signaling in bacteria. The way it is be- usually being thought of by microbiologists, and maybe some things one may want to explore, some open questions with respect to uh, bacterial signaling. Um, And I'll, of course, introduce what's quorum sensing in a very general sense. And then I'll talk a little bit about, so there will be like three parts. I'll talk a little bit about physics. Physics of... Diffusing signals, that's like a kind of a back-of-the-envelope calculations but they can actually give us some useful insights about some properties of quorum of sensing. And then I'll talk about evolution of quorum sensing. And finally, some words about multiple signals, multilinguality of some. So that's that's the three points I'd like to make. Um, so so what's quorum sensing? It's it's something which is very very loosely defined by microbiologists. Or more generally, we can maybe talk about general signaling in bacteria. Uh, so signaling is, and I, I will be talking about a public signaling that is. A signal that is secreted by the microorganism into the environment and then can also be sensed. So it's not contact signaling, which is something completely different. And, and, and the very loose term that microbiologists use the word Sensing is any case where there is something we call a signal, it's secreted into the medium, and then we can also identify some kind of a reception process, presumably something specific. Uh, that actually senses that signal, okay? And, and basically you can find in the literature the name quorum sensing given to basically almost all of these things, okay? And why is it called quorum sensing? Because uh, the very, very simple model uh, that microbiologists present, and it's, it's actually fairly good definitely for the lab conditions, is that uh, the more... Bacteria you have, then the more um, signal you will have, and at a certain uh, number of bacteria, signal will cross the threshold of uh, of the receptor, of the of the activation of the receptor, like the affinity of the receptor, and will turn on uh, will turn on uh, the receptor, and then the bacteria will do something. So we get a density-dependent behavior and. That's why it's called quorum sensing, okay so and I think this is a fair description, but uh, I think that even a back of the envelope calculation can actually give us some insight about when will quorum sensing work, what exactly do we need to understand for quorum sensing at a very f- basic physical uh, uh, level, and um, how does it work in different scenarios okay so So I'll start with the simplest scenario, which is just growing cells in a test tube. That's what usually microbiologists do. And there I gave you this very simplistic view that basically uh, the signal is proportional to, uh, to the number of cells. That's obviously true, but we can write it a little bit more clearly now. Let's say that there's a flux F per cell. So basically F is the flux or the number of signal molecules per cell per unit of time per second, let's say, okay? So it's, it's number per cell per second, okay? And N is the number of cells.
2: So F is the flux in, secretion will be treated separately. Sorry? F is the flux into a cell. Okay, so F is the flux
1: out of the cell. Out of the cell. Okay? We'll get into the flux in slightly later. Okay? okay? So in order to get a a concentration, it's obvious that what we need to do is to multiply N by F, but that's not enough. Just from physical consideration, we have to also multiply it by time scale. Okay? Are all cells considered to have the same surface area? Or so the, again, for very simplistic size, assumptions, shape. all cells are completely equivalent, they all secrete at exactly the same rate, and this rate is constant with time. All of these things are, of course, simplifications, not true. i failed to mention that usually these quorum sensing systems are obviously embedded in a very complex network of regulation and so on, and we'll ignore that for the minute because I want to draw some basic conclusion even from the simplest models possible okay so so we, we know n we can calculate F what, what, what is what is this time scale that actually appears now in, in this uh, uh, equation so so this time scale it depends now on the specific model that you have for the growth of the bacteria okay if if bacteria so bacteria usually grow probably you've seen that. A lot of time microorganisms in general, they have some kind of a logarithmic growth, eventually they reach some kind of a final concentration that's on a log scale, and that's time. So if we're talking about cells in stationary, so very high density of cells, then basically there's no intrinsic time scale for the growth, they don't grow at all, and the time scale is either the time since they reach that density, or if there's an intrinsic time scale to the signal, if it degrades, for example. Okay? So these would be the two uh, possible time scales. A third time scale comes, and that actually plays a role in many microbiology experiments, <coughs> if we're thinking about the cells when they're growing. Okay, because here there's an obvious time scale, which is just the growth rate, or the, the time uh, division of the, of the of the bacteria, and then what we get is actually when you do the calculation the tau is more or less the, 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 the growth rate, okay, one over the growth rate, the, the division time um, of the bacteria. Now here already comes, and you see it sometimes in... in In some papers, already comes something that one has to take care uh, into because, even at this very, very simplistic model, because uh, people have compared the behavior of quorum sensing systems under conditions where they're not needed compared to conditions where they're needed for growth. Okay? So again, the quorum sensing leads to some behavior. And this behavior is uh, is necessary for growth, okay? For example, secretion of some things. And and the striking conclusion there was that you see that when they need it, they actually express much more of it, okay? So it seems like the quorum, for a given density, they uh, for a given density, they. Uh, the, actually, the expression of the quorum sensing system is much higher, or the quorum response, okay? is much higher, and that's, uh, that seemed to be kind of a, they thought, I mean, people were interpreting that as a kind of, they know they need it, so they express more of it. But actually, one can try and understand that from the very basic principle, simply when they need the quorum sensing for growth, they grow far more slowly. Okay? So that was done, for example, in *Salmonella aeruginosa, a very uh, favorite model for quorum sensing. And its growth rate in a medium where quorum sensing was not needed was like about 30 minutes. And its growth rate in the medium where it was needed was like three or four hours. Okay? So already from the change, from the change in the time scale, we get a significant effect, so for a given, so it was almost a factor of 10 in the timescale, so for a given concentration of signal, we would expect much, much more, sorry, of even density of cells, we would, we would expect a much higher concentration of signal if the cells are growing very slowly.
2: But if you're not in stationary phase, isn't the number of cells also increasing with time?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, it is, of course. And there's but a time dependence in the first term on the right-hand side as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. But if you get, if you look at C as a, as a, at, at, at okay, so if you are in a logarithmic phase, you look at C as a function of time, it's basically proportional to N as a function of time, times the flux time, and. and a certain time scale, okay, and that's the growth growth rate, okay, so growth rate is reduced by a factor of 10, then uh, the concentration would, uh, would go up by a factor of 10, okay, so even very, so the simple model that microbiologists take, okay, quorum sensing equivalent density has to fail even in very, very simple models, simply because we have to think about time as well.
3: Okay. Maybe yeah. maybe this comment is going against your effort to superfine, but uh, is, is there an effect in, especially in quorum sensing that with growth the surface to volume ratio of the clump
1: changes? No clumps. Oh, Sorry, up until now this is totally to test tube. Everything is well mixed. Well mixed, okay. Well mixed. Sure. I'll get to clump in a second. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Well mixed. Yeah. Uh, just just well mixed. Uh, that's the typical way microbiologists usually do their experiments, because it's easy. And that's fine. Uh, but but we can see that even at the level of this very simplistic model, form sense does not equal density, equals density times time scale, okay? That's, that's the first, yeah? Uh, will the
4: flux always be just simply proportional to the number of cells?
1: Well, if you look at the flux per cell, okay, then I did hear the simple example, assumption that it's constant. Doesn't have to be. Actually, what happens is that in many cases there's feedbacks. Okay, I'll get to them later. So, when uh, so the flux per cell is actually a function of the concentration by itself. Of course, that will introduce even more changes. I mean, when we compare slow going and fast going cells, then. Again there's a difference in tau, but this will also impact the feedbacks and that of course can even make the, the, the differences larger. Yeah. Also the
0: flux doesn't it depend at all well on the time scale, so the growth rate, let's say. So, so I'm like, saying
1: that the flux okay that that's a good question. Like for okay, example,
0: without without communication.
1: That, that that's that's a good question. Uh, does the expression level, also again, as I said, in many cases there's a a feedback, obviously there will be an effect, but in in the simplest case, and there are cases like that, we don't see, I mean, for example, one of the systems we're looking at does not have any feedback, and it doesn't seem like the uh, promoter activity changes dramatically between different conditions. Okay? Probably there is some. But the
0: growth rate is changing, basically you're changing the metabolic rates in bacteria,
2: and
5: then
1: you're right. So I'm. 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 I'm I mean, you, one can get all sorts of expectation when you add these things into the uh, into the equation, and and then again, no one has actually looked at these very very simple aspects. Okay, but it's it's aspects which are general to the problem of how does gene expression changes when when metabolism changes and growth change. Just so to make
2: sure we understand the stationary phase uh, prediction uh, or intuition here. As you said, it's, it's going to increase linearly with time. True, but there will be uptake, and so that's that's presumably okay. So it leads to a balance. I'll
1: get I'll get to the uptake to increase forever. I'll take time. to I'll get to the uptake later. In many cases, it's not generally true, but at least in some of these cases. Uh, um, signal is mostly being sensed, but it's not really being degraded by the cells. Okay? So there's a difference here if, you up, if, <clears throat> if your uptake leads to degradation, or your uptake is more passive, so it goes in, but it can go out again. And in that case, you know, basically, there's no no intrinsic um, uptake by the cells. And then you, you are ending up with the time scale of degradation of the
2: Signal. And you're in a closed container, <coughs> not some sort of chemostat, which is No, no, no. So that's... Right. T- test you. Test you.
1: Test you. Test. Okay. Okay. We, we can talk about the chemostat case, but I I, th- I thought it would actually be more interesting to go from here to a, a, a microscopic view of a single cell for a second. Okay. And that relates uh, back to uh, the, the very nice lecture we heard last week uh, from the guy from Wendell lab. I forgot his name. Jan Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who was talking about self-activation? Okay, mm-hmm. so now let's go from the macroscopic to the microscopic and think about it. a simple cell. It's spherical, simplicity. <laughs> well, usually they're not. Some, some of them are. Anyway, the cocaine. Uh, with a with a radius a. And again, we're thinking about the the situation where well, it produces signal at a constant rate. Okay? Now, when you look at the, the, the close-up to the single cell, then this will actually, in three dimensions, will reach a steady state following, uh, following the simple rules of, of, uh, of a, a, a diffusion, which basically, I mean, if you look at steady states, are exactly like electrostatics. Okay? So uh, we can basically out, out of this ball, what we get is that the diffusion rate, I mean, uh, the Laplacian of the, of the concentration just, is just equals zero, OK? And if we solve this equation with the appropriate boundary condition, and that's very easy. People are doing that in the first year for electro uh, electrostatics. Uh, what is physicist? Uh, we get we get a solution uh, as a function of r when r is larger than a. Okay, we have the very very simple solution that c and we call it n for the near field. Uh, c n of r is equal uh, f divided by four pi d r. So we need also a D here, and it goes for the flux term, um, that's the diffusion rate. So what do we have here? We have the flux, we have diffusion, we have a length scale R, okay? And just from dimensional consideration, that's the only, only, only way we can actually write something which is giving us, giving us a concentration, okay? Uh, and the four pi is usually come from the exact uh, derivation okay so specifically the, the concentration on the boundary here on 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 the on, on the cell itself is simply CN of a is F divided by 4 pi E now, but F itself is proportional to A, is yeah, that right? So I'm keeping A constant, right, for now, okay? That's, that's not what I'm asking, okay, uh-huh. see in a second. So, so now let's go back to the test tube, the way we envision the test tube. We actually have here two, two concentration fields, okay? There's the near field, which behaves like 1 over R, okay? And then the mean field, which is basically the accumulation of all the, all the molecules in, in the test tube okay so that's the near field
2: so as someone pointed out last week, I think this is being stirred presumably
1: yeah, but if you look at it I mean the length scale the length scale of uh, I mean we're talking about what happens basically near near the cell and the cells are one micron typically the the um, how do you call it? The the length scale of the um, the Komogorov energy. Yeah, the Komogorov scale is, is like a hundred microns or so. So it's much much larger. You have only like constant shear basically there. Yes. It is. So that might distort the. It might distance. distort it, scale. but probably not uh, not significant. Why? Well, what? You can estimate. Yeah, you can estimate it. I haven't done that, but you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, I haven't done it for here. I mean, I, I was playing with that as well. There will be some, some distortion, but I don't think it will be very large. We can find out. Okay, we can play with mm-hmm. that. You're right. These are ba- basic back of it's the a, It's a constant,
2: as, as Boris knows very well, and other people, it's a constant, approximately constant, yeah, random shear field.
1: Oh, completely. So, okay. so it depends on the exact uh, level of shear. Okay, so it's not only the Komogov length, it's also the, the basic... Uh, There's a strength to it. Yeah, a strength it, right? Okay, so it probably... This will break down in a certain strength. Okay? Um, so but uh, putting that aside for a second, we can ask, okay, what will happen in, in mildly steered okay, environment? Uh, well things are still homo- homogenous from the on the large scale, but but as, on on the small scale are still like that. So we have basically two fields. We have this near field, and then we had what I already Wrote here, okay, that is, that's the mean field, that it's n times f times tau, okay? So we want, so we have here just the mean field, which is n times f times tau, and we want to ask which one is dominating, okay? Because any given single cell actually senses itself through the specific flux that it's secreting out. Okay, and we're again assuming here that it only senses itself. It doesn't, um, for now, it doesn't degrade. So the influx doesn't degrade uh, the cells. doesn't degrade the, the molecules. Uh, let's assume that it has a sensor on its membrane. For a second. Uh, and, and there's the mean field. Okay, that's basically the, the amount of signal that has already spread into the environment. And we can try and compare these two uh, <coughs> Values and ask at which n, okay, uh, would these two things uh, be equal, okay? And below that n, below that density, below that density, basically uh, self self sensing dominates, and above that density, it's uh, it's the quorum sensing that dominates, okay? So we basically have a transition, okay, which is characterized by some non-dimensional number here. uh, between these two things, the self sensing and the quorum sensing okay that 's exactly what uh, was discussed last last uh, week, okay, so we can just compare these two things the f goes down so that, because both of them are proportional to the, the production rate of of the cells, and we basically get that n which is the critical the critical density that distinguish between these two behaviors is go is working like one over four pi d a tau okay I'm just comparing these two things and moving things around okay and now we can actually put some numbers and of course this will be a general number because it changes with the exact signaling system and so on. We can put d to be of the order of one thousand micrometers square per second for a small molecule that's more or less the, the order in water, okay? We can put A to be one micron and we can use tau well, to be of an order of an hour, okay, for that, because that's the typical thing that, I mean, typical growth rate of the, of the bacteria in um, in the test, well, it's observed, so it's about 3,600 seconds. Doesn't really matter.
2: And there's no motility for these cells? They, couldn't they, if they're swimming around, what will
1: happen? So, again, if they're swimming around, it's, it's basically it's go, it goes back to the impact of that. The ships be a on, ship. on, this, yeah. on this behavior. They have to swim around pretty quickly. Change the infusion, and, and right? that has been done by Berg and Purcell. I mean, uh, maybe I'll mention that a little bit later. But uh, again, I think the impact of that will not be uh, uh, huge. Yeah, you're doing the calculation, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know,
5: just sort of estimating the you know, number, it's I'd say between one and ten. What? It's between one and ten. So the, the a you know. of other one, and maybe more. Which means, for the, for the non-experts. Oh, I'm sorry, which means that uh, the sort of invective transport will be
1: uh, at least as large as diffusive. When they move around? So that we'll by, by chemotaxis, or you mean by?
2: No, you mean, you mean random shear. Yeah. No chemotaxis. No Just randomization
1: of, of, of the mix, basically, yeah, so
2: the uh, So that, but that, that would mean that the diffusion constant might do double or something. Yeah. So it's, it's not, not an enormous change, but a
1: factor. But it is. So, Fine. Fair enough. I, 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 I agree with that. We're still here, so when we're putting these numbers into the uh, equations, into this equation, we get an n, <laughs> critical n, which is of order well between 10 to the four and 10 to the five, in the middle of that, uh, cells per ml, okay? And again, things will will definitely change with the exact
0: numbers. And Alvindor, you're using a D for, that's typical of a small molecule? For small
1: molecules. So usually these signals are fairly small molecules, unlike maybe in eukaryotic, cases where some of the signaling uh, are big proteins. Here it's almost always, I'll get to the nature of signals a little bit later, but it's, it's these are small molecules. They're probably smaller than 1,000, but it's of the order.
2: Thanks. As Ray Goldstein said it's uh, a thousand times smaller than uh, the shear viscosity. It gives rise to this interesting regime that Baxler studied in turbulence where you go beyond the and, grow micro scale, and there's still this random shearing that Boris
1: just worked out. Oh, yeah, so I'm simplifying everything, and it might be that I'm wrong by maybe some factor, but what I wanted to stress here, and that's important for our understanding of the behavior, that usually when these experiments are done in the test tube, we don't really see a significant response in these densities. Okay? We see a significant response of the cells only at much higher densities, 10 to the 7, I would say, and above, okay? So probably bacteria, well, and again, one has to be careful about that, probably bacteria do not work in the regime where self-sensing is crucial for their behavior, okay? Again, maybe not very <coughs> surprising because the question is what is self-sensing good for, okay? It's not good for for many things, okay? But again, that was discussed uh, last week, but one can actually, from very simple arguments, can get more or less the estimate of of when does self-sensing become important, okay? And it seems not to be very important in bacteria. That's, I think, uh, a
2: conclusion. I mean, if you're secreting something, you presumably there are circuits in your cell that already know that this is happening.
1: Yeah, true. I mean, so self-sensing is not different in any way whatsoever, or almost, I'll get maybe to one exception later. Substance is not, not different whatsoever than just activating some intracellular behavior. So there's no reason to secrete stuff out. So again, I, I agree, but it's important to to know that there is this... Hard number that basically do not allow you to use quorum sensing below some certain density. Now, I want to basically try and infer something about a third uh, aspect of quorum, quorum sensing, uh, which goes back to what you mentioned before. What happens if cells are in an aggregate? Okay? So And let's assume, and that happens. That that's very relevant to bacteria. They are often in. They form some. I mean, they secrete some polymer, and they become sticky to each other, and they can actually form these aggregates. Okay, and when they're on surface, people call it biofilms. But the general general trend is that they can easily aggregate under some condition. And the question is, what is what will quorum sensing be doing? These aggregates, okay, and again, these are very simple back-of-the-envelope calculations here.
2: I mean, people like John Kachwani would do analogous experiments with yeast, so presumably a lot of this could just be transposed over the yeast. Oh
1: yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I mean <laughs> this is just hypothetical spheres of size A. It's not really, uh, I mean, obviously it can be, but I, I'm trying to relate that to known data about bacteria, so.
0: I do right, yeah. It's an interesting consequence. Your n doesn't depend on flux at all. No, because both
1: the experts the mean, are familiar with
0: this, but yeah, because both a,
1: the mean field and the near field are dependent on the flux. Yeah, same way. It's a little. So I think again, it's, it's a little counterintuitive, is, though it's it completely correct.
0: I, I, I completely agree you with you. You could be was, streaming stuff out like crazy, but it doesn't change the number because yeah, because both
1: both both type of behaviors are dependent in the same way on this snub. So I agree with you. It is, and, and this is not the way usually microbiologists think about it. Yeah. I mean, it is counterintuitive if you just think about it for, for, for a second. I mean, um, so, so what about an aggregate? Yeah? But, but it might become dependent on the flux
4: if
1: the bacteria would react in sort of a feedback to, to the product. Because of the different time scales, maybe because it takes more time to equilibrate this behavior. Again, so that goes back to the mixing and so on, and it, it complicates things. But in general, uh, if, if you forget about the time scales for a second, then, then it's always true. But as I said, obviously things are more complicated. So what about, what about an aggregate? So we can, we can think of an aggregate of size R where the distance of cells within the aggregate is, is L. I think it's, it's, a, it's a good measure. It, it's an observable measure because you can actually look with a conformal microscope and say what's the typical distance between cells within the biofilm and so on. And so it's, it's something which is relatively easy to measure. That's why I'm, I'm using this one. And, and we can ask what will be the concentration Within this aggregate, okay? What would be the typical, constant? well, in the middle of the aggregate, okay? And so now we have to also c- calculate what happens within the sphere, but it doesn't change much. So you get, instead of 4 pi, you get 3 over 8 pi in the middle. Well, I'll just use the
2: 4 pi. Four
1: so pi. L is the cell cell spacing in the aggregate? Yeah, right? L is the cell cell spacing, and pi is, is the-, the total, is the is the radius of the aggregate. Right, it's not simply A in most cases? No, no, no. So in many cases, actually, you see quite a lot. I mean, I'll get to the A as, the, as the basically as the, as the limit of this L. But uh, you, there's quite a lot of spacing there. So there's a lot of, uh, of, of polymer, of extracellular polymer. Oh, there's enough extracellular yeah. matrix. Yeah. Matrix. To, uh, to, yeah. to to bind them. Yeah. Now, of course, current. it will also change diffusion. Yeah. It will it obviously also it. change diffusion and so on, and I will know all these things because I don't know exactly what the numbers are. Okay. So we we can easily calculate that the the, 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 the typical the typical um, aggregate uh, concentration is now f over four pi. And again, I'm using four pi the r times the number of cells, okay? And the number of cells goes like uh, the volume divided by l to the the cube, okay? So n number of cells is 4 pi over 3, r to the 3 over l to the 3. Something like that. Doesn't really matter. Exactly, so we can write this down to be basically F times, so the 4 pi just goes, and we get F R squared 3D L cube. So that's the that's so typical concentration.
2: Well, let me at the center you, of the... Good, so you started with, a, you started, you just transposed the formula for a single cell to a cluster of stars Yeah, and I'm R. assuming
1: that the concentration is now the flux is actually evenly distributed within it. So I, I disregard the mm-hmm. microscopic structure of the of the of the of the okay. sphere. Okay, and, and then of then course out- this is
2: a super- right. Right. And outside this cluster, the, the concentration
1: of nutrient will fall off like one over R, I guess? Yeah, yeah, and it, and I'm just assuming that for now this cluster doesn't there's no mean field. Okay, so I'm. I'm Let's think only about a single cluster in a very large volume. Okay? So we're just interested in the steady state behavior of, of this cluster, okay? So if that's the case, then we're getting basically R. Oh, so I, I want to, okay, so now I want to compare that, oh, doing the R. I want to compare to ask, when will an aggregate behave like cells in a test tube at a certain density n? Okay. So I want to. Can you be a little more specific when you say
3: the steady-state behavior of the cluster? So do you imagine this is a growing cluster,
5: is it shrinking, or something that has a stable size?
1: Okay. So for now, actually, as as you will see in a second, the clusters I'm talking about. Uh, Actually, fairly small, the time scale, okay, steady steady state is established over the diffusion time scale of the system, which is uh, R squared divided by D, okay? And uh, this would be smaller than the growth rate, so I'm just assuming for now that there's a certain cluster of certain size, okay? Because the time scale is faster than the growth
2: what about nutrient shielding? They presumably, they need to, for them to metabolize... Obviously, obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm
1: disregarding the... So I'm, I'm actually disregarding growth here. I'm just taking an aggregate of a certain size R. Snapshot. Okay? Yeah, it's gone, it's kind of, and everything happens on dynamical time scale, which is faster than the growth time scale. But that's true, but even under those
2: circumstances, I would think that uh, cells near the center uh, may not secrete as much in cells on
1: the outside because they may not get enough nutrient. You are probably completely right. I don't know how to take that into this simple... What... <laughs> a- ask,
2: a- ask Max Lomontovich, who's been working on that for his thesis. Great. <laughs> Thank you
4: very
1: much. So I, what I what I would say here is that this is, again, a very simplistic calculation. I don't assume that F changes. And um, it could still give us some meaningful... Insights about this, the R and N, okay, which are again somewhat surprising, at least, well, someone who tends to think about N in terms of 10 to the 9 cells over ml. What's the actual size of an aggregate which is required for quorum sensing? Uh, So we can compare this, this concentration to the concentration of the same cells if they were just grown in a test tube, okay, which was again, as I already said, Fn tau, okay? I can ask, at which size of this aggregate, given L, would the concentration in its middle equal this concentration, okay? So we can do it in the the very simple, very simple math, so L is the scale of the individual L is the distance between the individuals, okay? So between the centers of the individual. Yeah. Okay. So it gives you some estimate uh, of the of the density of the cells within this class. And as we will see in a second, it's much higher than the density in the test. What? But as you said,
2: wouldn't there be a huge downward renormalization of the nutrient diffusion constant by this extracellular matrix?
1: Some people all? have actually measured that. Doesn't seem to have a huge effect on many small molecules. So it it's might a be a like loose
2: sh- matrix, it's like Jello or something, yeah, yeah. so they can diffuse through the mesh.
1: Yeah, it it yeah. seems well maybe uh, unless again unless there has been some specific evolution for the signal to to be more sticky or right. something like that, for which uh, may well be. The case. Which we'll yeah. completely agree with you. I but don't think that has be been actually to
5: evolve for oh, yeah. signal localized.
1: Definitely, but definitely if that's what they actually are, are after, okay, uh, they can change it. To make make the parameters different, I agree. Developmental what,
5: so morphogens certainly do that. Sorry, developmental morphogens. And in, as we
1: both you and me know very well. Point <laughs> both of us worked on that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, so so fair enough. <coughs> I'm, I'm just going to assume that the same d as water. Okay. So we can do this very simple calculation here, and we can ask what will happen if this equals that, and what we're getting is that r will be equal to square root of l to the third n times 3 d tau. And that, that's an obvious um, length scale. OK? This is basically the diffusion length scale on the time scale that we we're talking about, which is, again, a, a growth the time scale. But, uh, again, if we want to compare what happens <coughs> in the aggregate to what we see in the test tube, we want to take the, the growth. growth rate. So it's about one hour. And so this actually gives us about three millimeters if, if you take uh, the same number. So d equals about a thousand and tau equals about an hour. Thousand micron square per second, and this basically, this term is basically compensation for the change in density between between what happens within the aggregate compared to the density of cells in uh, in a test tube. Now, ten to the nine per mL sounds like a lot, but does, did any one of you did the, the very simple calculation of asking what actually is the concentration of cells there? Well, it's ten to the nine per mL, mm, but per in, in units of of, uh, of a cell. Okay, so it's one cell per thousand cell volumes. Okay, it's 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 fairly fairly, so fairly ten, there, are, there are ten cell diameters in. There. Oh, yeah, so it's ten. That's, yeah. So the L the typical the typical L for a very for a, for a stationary typical L for a stationary uh, test tube is not very high. And the distance is 10 times larger than the, cell, the, large, the, the size of a cell, okay? So we can call it ln. ln for n equals 10 to the 9 is equals 10 minus. Okay? And we can, so we can rewrite this, this thing in units that are measurable in the test tube, basically, and we get r equals where did I write that? Here, so it's L in micrometers divided by 10 to the power of uh, 1.5 times n in uh, in uh, cells per mL divided by 10 to the 9 times 1.5 times no to the one half. Yeah. Uh, n to the one half. No, not one no one sorry. One. No, no. Did I made a mistake here. Yeah. Might may, may very well have. Uh, it has to p- be n to the one half because, because that's the, the original. You only have a
0: single n when you do <laughs>
1: to the one half. So maybe actually some of my calculations are going to be wrong here. I did it like in the last two days or so. I mean, it's not like something, <laughs> which is. Uh, I think it's correct. Everything times three millimeters. No, but the numbers now. So we can we can ask now, okay, so what would be the typical radius of an aggregate? Of a fairly loose aggregate. So um, so we want to take into account what is L and what is N. So again, as I said, people see a density dependent effect already around uh, say ten to the eight. Okay? So we'll take n equals ten to the eight. And a fairly loose aggregate will have, let's say, 5 microns distance between the cells. So it's still very, very much diluted, okay? And we'll also look at L equals 1 micron, okay, just for comparison. So it's 5 microns. We can do this calculation. So this is a tenth, and this is half, okay? So how much... Do we get so it's three millimeters? So have also some units, so sorry. The units for n must be some. One over n is one cells one per ml. Okay, so it's thought, 10 to the the A total cells number, per
2: ml I thought n was the total number
1: of cells when you started this. No, it's always oh sorry, it's always concentration. It's always, it's concentration. always yeah. concentration because okay. it scales with the volume basically. Oh, the big N when I started that was, was the total number. So, so There's a little N down there. This is concentration. That's This right. is always concentration. Right, thank you. Okay. So we can do the calculation. It will be different than what I said here because I've made a mistake. Uh, so this can someone help me? So this is a ten. This is a factor of three, and this is a factor 1. of of about uh, two to the power one point five. So it's like another three. Okay. Well, the, the second factor is about one third, right? Is a third. Because you yeah. got 10 to the but, So it cancels yeah, it's three, So yeah. it's one millimeter, and this is like so. It's around. It's around 300 microns. And if we do it for very dense cells, okay. So basically, when they are packed, but then obviously there will be a lot of effects of of, of the of the uh, metabolic effect. If you take L equals one, then it goes. Then it goes into uh, so that's one over ten to the power one point five six. So it would be thirty microns. Yeah. It would be around thirty microns. Okay. Okay. And one can calculate from that how many cells also are needed in both of these cases. But these numbers. So this is, seems to be the right... So this is more or less the scale, okay? So if, if we think about quorum sensing not about, as a mechanism to define density, but to find radius of an aggregate, okay? So basically, when the aggregate passes a certain radius, you turn on the quorum sensing, the quorum response. So the radius should be somewhere between 30 and 300 microns. That seems to... Work fairly well with typical length scales we see in biofilms. Okay, so many biofilms have, for example, have these kind of length scales uh, where they make like fruiting bodies. It's not really the fruiting body of Nixon, so but but there's some kind of a length scale, and and (laughs) somewhere on that order of magnitude, probably even closer to this one than to that one, would be a typical length scale of biofilm. So maybe quantum sensing is actually not measuring density. It's measuring size. That's an alternative explanation for quantum sensing that people have not uh, discussed much in the the literature. Um, I'm just bringing it forward. So maybe it's doing something which is a little bit different than what is usually thought. So I think up until here, this is the, f- the first part. Um,
6: so, so I'm a little confused. The yeah. this second calculation of the clusters, the aggregate, you're not looking at the near field, in a sense. I mean, aren't all you doing is okay? Oh, so the, okay, the, so
1: stream the, the, stream the near field is even less important here than in the in in the in when we compare it because the the actually the the.
6: No, but it seems like what you're doing is taking... The density the,
1: of cells is even higher
6: here right. than it is. So The right. density of cells
1: within the aggregate so is even this, higher than in the test tube.
6: Isn't it just this original calculation? You're taking the aggregate and you're saying, I'm going to cram all the cells into the aggregate versus uniformly dispersing them. <laughs> is that, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm, my test tube it's a near it, right?
1: field for an aggregate instead of being a near but, field for a single but cell. But you're
6: assuming the concentration in the aggregate is constant.
1: But very high.
6: You're comparing the constant concentration within an aggregate with the constant concentration inside a dispersed uh, uniform distribution of cells yeah. in, the, in the entire test tube. Yeah. So it's, it's much higher. It will be much higher. You're just shrinking the test tube then, in some in,
1: sense. In some just sense, saying. yes. But that's what we see actually, usually with bacteria. So bacteria in an aggregate are denser than what we're measuring. I'm trying to basically relate what we're measuring in the test tube okay. to typical scales that we will see what in an aggregate. In so do t- you see the aggregates in a test tube? If you're stirring, let's say? you okay. stirring, you wouldn't like see like it because they don't, do do they don't... Well, plant well plant you know, it depends on the, on the bacteria. bacteria. Some of them will actually okay. form this kind of small aggregates. Some of them don't, okay? Because they need other conditions to tell them, start being sticky. Okay. That relates to our interpretation of what's quorum sensing. It might just be different than... Um, what we were think, uh, saying. So I, I, I want to. Uh, s- What's the time? Am oh, I oh, boring everyone already? 10:30. Sorry. 1050 times. So I I want to talk a little bit about um, evolution of quorum sensing, and I want to stress out specifically stuff we're doing, and this is stuff we just started. Uh, so I'll talk a little bit general about the evolution of quorum sensing because probably most of you don't know much about the discussion in the microbiology. Uh, literature about why, what is quorum sensing doing, and and then uh, and then I'll talk a little bit about what we care about, which is the uh, the evolutionary power of manipulation when you consider signaling. Um, so so what what so so there's an argue, I mean, so again, the common view of microbiologists is that quorum sensing is used. To sense density, and it's a cooperative behavior between uh, between cells. Okay, and as a cooperative behavior, it could be judged and with the tools of social evolution. Okay, but um, but 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 there's been a strong emotional discussion about. A <laughs> counter-suggestion that has Same been reason. put forward by uh, Rosie Redfield about 10 years ago, uh, and she said one should call quorum sensing diffusion sensing. okay, And that may fall very nicely when we see that there's a diffusion term here, but and it may change to a certain extent between different environments, but when you actually read... Redfield's suggestion, you see that this is just a bad name for what she's describing because she, she's saying something else. She's saying quorum sensing in the mean field behavior can indeed identify 10 to the 9 cells per ml, but it will obviously also identify a single cell if it was in a volume which is a thousand times larger than the single cell. Okay? So it's basically not, so, uh, so her argument is that the natural context where bacteria use chrome sensing are very small volumes, and what they're actually measuring is their personal confinement and not, and not the density of a group of cells. Okay? Both of these things, from the physical perspective, describe a mean field behavior. Okay, so they do not dis- disregard the really local environment of, of, uh, of the cell. And I think justifiably so, given what I, I told you. But they, uh, she was claiming if it's a single cell and it's measured in a small volume, all the benefits of these behaviors are completely uh, personalized to this single cell. There's no issue of social evolution. Okay. So her, she gave this argument in order to prevent cooperative, I mean, in order to argue that cooperative uh, 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 forces are irrelevant to the evolution of co sense. Okay? And there's been a lot of arguments about uh, her view <coughs> versus the common view. And I would just say that. Uh, and there's been some intermediate suggestions, and I'm suggesting now maybe a completely different, but it's still a cooperative behavior of measuring uh, the size of an of an aggregate. Uh, but but I I would say that there's some. Would, would, she, would she agree with all the calculations
0: that you just presented on the board? Probably. I mean, she she you know this is not this
1: algorithm. is only verbal, nothing mathematical. Uh-huh. So you, you can't really deduce what that. But when you look at the picture, you, she. It's basically, she's claiming quorum sensing is a confinement measure. Okay.
6: So What's the cost for this uh, auto-inducer? Does, okay. it, does it do anything so,
1: else? So that, that's that a good? great question. Okay. If we want to think about the evolution of this
6: signaling, but, we but need but to think... She was saying that it was uh, too much cost to produce this stuff for no, for
0: no
1: reason. No, so it's mostly about the response. So it's mostly about the response which is guided by quorum sensing. What, what I don't understand, you've already
0: presented two types of confinement. One, when you looked at the dilute, for example, which was a singleton thing, looking at another singleton, then you presented aggregates. You can mm-hmm. say, well, the aggregate is of a type of confinement. Sees well, another well, aggregate at a different scale. That's two different
1: Okay, so now it falls back to ecology basically. The question is what what and that's a very tough question to answer because we haven't got a clue about the ecology of most of these bacteria. She's claiming that in the natural ecology of these bacteria, usually they are in small numbers in very confined volumes, and not in large numbers, in larger volumes, okay? No, so, you can find it means, confinement can find it within, within every, some kind of a test tube, Okay, within some kind no, of a, a natural test tube, no, so okay, she's, 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 for example, given an example in the soil, where well, many of these material live. you can have a very small area which is wetted, okay, well, the, so basically everything yeah. is confined to this very small area, the rest Signals can't basically diffuse out of it, okay, so that's the kind of suggestions he's right. giving. Okay, Now it falls back to questions about the cost of this behavior, and the cost and nature of what it's doing. Okay, So I want to just mention, and I talked about it in my lecture, so I'll just mention it quickly. Quorum response is of course very different between different bacteria, but the main Thing we see as a quorum response in bacteria is secretion. Okay, so usually bacteria use this signaling system in order to regulate the secretion of other other uh, molecules. Okay, which are presumably more costly to produce than the signaling molecule. Okay. And there's good even in the in the mean field uh, model. There's good reasons for that, and that has been actually. Shown nicely for some synthetic systems, Uh, because mostly usually these secreted molecules will work by themselves. For example, if it's an enzyme, its benefit will be density dependent as well. Okay, because and that's uh, well here you are. I mean that has been shown very nicely for uh, for uh, uh, sucrose degradation in yeast, for example. If there's very there are very few cells, there wouldn't be much enzyme the rate of production of, uh, of, the, sub of the product would be too low, and basically uh, the time scale for growth would be extremely, extremely long. Okay? Well, the cost is always the same you know, to produce the enzyme. Okay? So uh, it doesn't work while working with these enzymes at very low densities. So it makes sense that you want to measure density before you're actually starting to do something with the enzyme. That might be true also for an aggregate. I mean, the same argument would also be true for an aggregate, as again has been very nicely shown for yeast. Um, so, so I think there's still some cause to argue that the Redfield view is probably not not correct. Okay, And this is related to the nature of some of these some of these behaviors, okay. So, I'll give you two examples. One of them, one of them is um, production of antibiotics. Okay. The problem here is that we can't really infer, if we don't really know where they're living, that they are sitting next to another neighbor who's exactly like them. Okay. But the scenario that Redfield was pointing outwards are very kind of a lonely cell against the environment, and there's no other cells around it. Of course, this is a, a, an exaggeration of what she's saying, but, uh, but, but in many cases, uh, bacteria produce antibiotics as under quorum response. Okay? Again, these are secreted materials. It falls fine with the argument, but if, there's an anti- if it, you produce an antibiotic, presumably you want to actually kill something else which is in your neighborhood, okay? Which means that your neighborhood is already, so you're not a single cell in a confined volume. You already have some neighbors. These neighbors might be the same as you, and then we would know, or different than you, and then we want to kill them, okay? So, uh, so this one thing. The other thing is basically um, uh, that uh, typically uh, a selfish elements within bacteria, that is phages and uh, and plasmids, not all, many of them don't, but there are phages and plasmids which has their own quorum sensing systems, okay? They have developed their own quorum sensing systems and they're actually guiding their behavior on base of this quorum sensing system and specifically their horizontal gene transfer, okay? So they don't want to uh, do an horizontal gene transfer uh, when their levels are too high in the environment, but they do want to do the horizontal gene transfer when the level of bacteria is sufficiently high in the environment. And usually, and there has been cases where actually they're, doing, they're using two quorum sensing systems, one from the bacteria and one from the selfish element, to do this kind of a calculation in order to decide when to move on. This actually shows, again, that quorum sensing is used in a social context. At least by the selfish elements. So again, it goes against the argument that in the environment you really have single cells in a very confined volume. (laughs) So these are, again, all all of these are fairly weak arguments because we don't really know how exactly cells are living in the microcosm. Maybe for the sake of time, I'll stick to um, physics and I'll, 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 I'll skip the, uh, the manipulation part, which I was discussing also last week in the, my, um, my lecture, and I'll go to a, still a more physical question, which is <clears throat> the case of multiple signals. Okay? So there are plenty of bacteria that actually have more than a single a single uh, quorum sensing system. Okay, I'll give you two examples. These are the two bacteria that we're looking at. One of them is Pseudomonas aeruginosa. It has two systems. It has a system (coughs) called the LAS system. There's a LAS I. That's a synthase. It makes a signal. That's signal 1. This goes and activates a receptor LAS R. And then when LAS R is activated, it makes a second, it activates a second form-sensing system called REL, REL-I, goes, activates a second signal, which, I mean, form a second signal, which activates another receptor, and then this other receptor guides the behavior of other stuff. This must also guide. So each one has its own regular. Now, everything I told you up until now. So this is one. And, and actually, the bacillus sativis, that's the other model organism we're using, it's even more complicated because there's also this hierarchy. You have an upper quorum sensing system, and then it guides, partially least, guides, the behavior of eight separate quorum sensing systems. Okay, so eight different diffusible signals, each one with its own uh, product, producing gene and receptor. So it, it, it's even, I mean, the numbers are even larger, but the general hierarchy seems to be more or less the same. There's also, in the case here, there's also feedbacks. Going like that and like that. These are the eight languages you referred to last uh, talk? So, yes, yeah, so in Basibu Suttilis, there's, again, the one language I was referring to, the COM system. And it actually guides eight other languages. I completely, of course, neglected this part. Uh, in my discussion for, for the simplicity, but it, it's a complicated system. And what I, I've been telling you up until now doesn't explain at all why would bacteria need two signaling systems and also why are these signaling systems, in many cases, are not always uh, interacting and in, in many cases hierarchical. Okay? I think this is actually a completely unanswered question. There's no really good answer. I'll give you two possible answers that we're trying to actually look at, that, at experimentally. Uh, I'm not sure any of them is very satisfying, but we'll see. So there's, there's two options. One, options. one option is is related to length scales. Okay. So as I said, length scales will be very much dependent on the, on the specific parameters like time scale of, of the signal, time scale of the accumulation of the signal, and uh, it's, its diffusion. And if there's an intake, and, uh, and here I was just going to describe a little bit also an, an intake form, then of course the intake time scale might also impact the, the length scale of, of the signals. Now in Bacillus sutilis, there's an interesting behavior where the Upper signal in the hierarchy is, is uh, a, modifi- it's a peptide that has been modified. It's less uh, susceptible to uh, peptidases and, and, and proteases because it has been modified. And it diffuses out of the cells, and it activates an extracellular receptor. So it never goes in back into the cells at all. There's no influx once it's been produced and secreted. While the eight other signals, which are guided by this system, are all pentapeptides with different sequence. Uh, they are all, non-modified. They can be cleaved by peptidases out of the cell, but what's more important they can be, or well, their mode of function is that they are transported into the cell, and their receptors are intracellular. They are transported by, transported by a general uh, 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 peptide transporter. This is one of these in bacillus satellites. And within the cell, they both activate their receptors, but they also actively de- are actively degraded. Okay? So there's some reason to think, but again, we're doing the the experiments, hopefully I will have some answers, that maybe there's a difference in length scale here, because one of them is freely diffusing while the other eight are are being actively degraded all the time. That may lead to difference in the relevant time scales of the behavior, and therefore to the relevant length scales of the behavior. And so one can think about it that the There's an upper global signal that looks at the integrated behavior of the cells over a wider range, and then there's these local signals, I mean these other signals that actually coordinate behavior on a smaller length scale, okay? So that's one possible explanation, I'm not sure it's right, but it's possible for these two different uh, signals. The other explanation, which I actually favor a little bit more. Is that at least in some of some cases not all cells produce the signal? Okay, so there's phenotypic variability in the production of the signal. You can see that also in well mixed environment, and definitely uh, under structured environment where there's a difference in the stress level, for example, of different cells. Okay? and with the same system of Bacillus subtilis, I was talking about. Actually, signal. okay, so the, the higher level of the hierarchy is constitutive. So signal is always being produced more or less to the same level irrespective of the exact uh, condition of the cell. The, the lower hi- part of the hierarchy, much of the signal is actually also under the regulation of a stress, a very important stress uh, response transcription factor. In bacillus called Sposio A. And this has been shown to be highly variable both in well mixed conditions due to stochastic fluctuation and uh, the nature of the regulatory system, and definitely also in biofilms, okay? Where certain certain areas in the biofilm are much uh, more pronouncedly expressing this, uh, or this transcription factor is much more active in them than in other areas. So, So here the case is that actually these two different signals are measuring the densities of two different things, okay? One of them is measuring the total density of the population, while the other one is measuring only the density of the subpopulation which is in a certain physiological behavior. This already starts to look more like multicellular organism because now we have cells that secrete, cells that don't secrete. We can ask also what happens to how would cells that secrete the signal respond to the signal but we can also ask how would cells that do not secrete the signal respond to the signal might be a different type of a response and so on, so the complexity of this behavior increases but I think it's a fair uh, it's, it's a fairly good explanation and again, more or less the only one I can think of I mean these two explanations for the presence of these two signaling systems
6: your calculation, the aggregate size before was really dependent on tau. I think it was a square root tau. So you yes, think so of, the tau there was
1: just the, uh, it was the, time the, time the time scale of the growth.
6: Well, okay. You could also think of it as, as like a um, race. Erase the, you know, get the aggregate to signal itself before the field around the aggregate.
1: Okay, if, if you have an aggregate versus a large yeah versus a large scale. So like I'm
6: wondering if, if another reason for this could be that there's Maybe one system turns on after the other one has already saturated the field? Like, is there a time dependency between
1: the two systems? Again, if one has an uptake, so the time scale, its time scale is, is larger, we would expect. Well, different. Uh, so, again, the aggregate, the time scale of these aggregates is, is much smaller than the one hour I was talking about because they're much more dense. Okay. Yeah. There are many more cells, and so it should take their. So, it, it might be like. It goes like R square, and R was like only 30 to 300 microns. Timescales are, are seconds, okay? Uh, very fast timescales for production of the steady state in the aggregates. So I don't think it's, it's a timescale per se, but the way the timescale impact the levels of concentrations. Okay. Because, again, if you have an uptake, timescale might be much faster than one hour. The, the typical timescale we need to put into this equation might be just like five minutes instead of one hour. That, that's a big difference. Okay, And these are not being care, carefully measured. So we're trying to actually also study them. So again, the physics of this, uh, I mean, one can try and at least hypothesize about the reasons for two different quantum mm-hmm. sensing systems if you have uh, different physical properties for these two quantum sensing systems. And I, I think I'll end with that. I mean, manipulation can be discussed some of it. Thank, Thank you. you very much.
0: Other questions? That's a little time for questions.
6: Is there any directionality involved with these systems? Like, do they ever signal signal to make more guys swim to them? There, Sorry? it Sorry? all motile bacteria, is, does the signal ever induce some sort of
1: chemotaxis? For so motility? Yeah. So it has been actually claimed... Okay, so again, I was saying that a major aspect of the signal is chrome, uh, the core response is secretion of stuff, but it has been claimed that in some biofilms, for example, chrome sensing can control detachment, so they start moving. When they actually hear the signal, when you look at the molecular mechanism, you see that at least in the few cases that have been more well-documented, uh, they control the secretion of the proteins that basically allow them to escape the, uh, the biofilm. So it's still a secretion of something. The total outcome is, is basically motility. So one has to, again, be careful about And in another case, they, for example, control the secretion of a surfactant. Okay, that again allows them to swarm much more easily on relatively hard surfaces. Uh, so it's still secretion, but the outcome at the end of the day is also motility. Directly motility, or whether signal indeed s- serve as, uh, as chemoattractant. That's what you meant? Yeah. Okay, sorry. It's like
0: cyclic like I think there's
1: been one... Uh, well, so again, I mean, there are obvious... Uh, other signals, like in for example, that, that do serve this purpose. Um, most, most of these canonical quorum sensing systems have not been uh, shown—that doesn't mean they are not—to uh, serve as chemo attractant. I think there's one paper that actually said that about AI2, which is a. I did, I'm not going to get into that, but it's a kind of a weird quorum signal. Wouldn't it be fruitful to
0: push on this analogy with language a little more? Because uh, I'm thinking—I I mean, one difficulty with that is you have a continuum of uh, concentrations here, right? Uh, okay. Not discrete. Uh, of how units like, you know, basically they're yelling the but, uh, uh, but what I was thinking was—I uh, was thinking back to uh, Shannon's information. Theory, where one of his first, I think, illustrations was how much information is encoded in a single word in English, or a single word in Chinese, or a certain Sorry. operation, whatever, and uh, and uh, so one asks how much, how many words are in your lang- in a language, in a, one single language. so, so this has 100%. been actually
1: discussed uh, by uh, several. I mean, has been. Studied experimentally by several different groups, mostly Pompinstone. Um, uh, uh, Toss? No, the uh, works with Bonnie Bussler. Uh, oh, Ned. Ned. Ned, Ned Wingreen. Sorry. Ned, uh, Ned Wingreen. We uh, published several nice works on that. So they looked at a bacteria that has three, it's producing three different quorum sensing systems and signals, and all of them are integrated in parallel, unlike here, and they try to measure the information capacity of each channel and to show that basically you're improving your sensitivity. I mean, it's suggestive of,
0: you you know, in English we say there are, the rainbow has seven colors. Of course, it's a complete continuum, why do we say seven, right? so it's assumed, so so it's say here how many uh, so the first how many words does a bacterium recognize
1: okay that, so so th- that's a fair, that's a fair, uh possibility i i find myself skeptical okay so in the, for example in, in the case of these of, of this vibrio that they were studying one of the signals is extremely specific to vibrio one of them is fairly is intermediately specific in the sense that it's part of this what's called AHL group of signals, but it's not very specific. There are many other bacteria that produces it, and one of them is completely general. All bacteria produce it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in their study, when they looked only on 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 their bacteria, you would get increased in specificity. But actually there's a spectrum the spectrum of specificity is actually highly relevant also to the different languages that are Spoken with different bacteria, and how well can you actually identify yourself
5: yeah, no, but, but versus others? Uh, Greg is asking a little bit different question. So, uh, you, know, you can imagine. Uh, uh, right, the concentration itself mm-hmm. uh, encoding something, and the yeah. question is how many different
1: behaviors. Oh, oh that's what you're asking. Sorry, well, by
5: but it's not yes. quite uh, the whole story because dynamics may play a role. Sure. Yes. you know maybe there are ramps, maybe there are you know God sure. knows what. Uh, um, so somehow that question has to be addressed by sort of studying uh, expression downstream. Of course. And even that. So that is has not actually. So it has so actually been shown. What actually is carrying. Uh, it has. Uh, it, yes. It, You're right. On some level,
1: selectable. What are the words? Information. It's not. Clear. What, right. what impacts?
5: Uh, right. True. Phenotypes that are.
1: True. And at least and in some of these cases. So I can again, Basilio is uh, i very very have better knowledge of the <coughs> of the literature, and for there, for example, for one of these. Says it has been shown to actually uh, produce a non-monotonous response as a function of one of the eight signals. Okay, so you get increase and then a decrease, and it seems to actually be working through different mechanisms. Okay, so there's obviously concentration-dependent behavior, which is not only like on-off, on-off um, characterization, and. But then, okay. So the question is whether two will give you more information than one with respect to the, the, the level. Probably, this is also. I true. mean,
0: Baris's yeah. question is, I mean, point is very interesting, right? It's saying it's not, it's not well, actually, so simple. You have to look at the phenotypic I, I agree. I, uh, system. I, that's fair developed. enough. I agree. I mean,
1: we're trying to actually look at what happens if you combine in certain ways again we can control separately the signals not in the way that are normally being done and we're trying to basically add two different signals and look at the basically at the, the, the space of available responses for these behaviors so so yeah but you're, you're right I mean uh, dynamical encoding uh, and, and, and quantitative encoding may have also important part here
5: and probably a related point is that
1: there's way
0: more signals than just what's been discovered so far. I wouldn't be surprised if there's only one or two. You
1: mean molecules, just, just in general? Yeah. all yeah. so, so species. So, it's here I wanted to do well, again, yeah. I, I saved that part for lack of time, but
0: yeah.
1: uh, uh, molecular biologists call everything a signal, mm-hmm. but there's, there's mm-hmm. very, very different types of signals uh, in the learn- term of. Signal in uh, uh, signaling theory in evolution. I mean, you you, you need to distinguish between what's a true signal and a cue. Okay, a cue is something in, in the world of these bacteria. is something that you want to secrete because it actually hurts you. There's a negative fitness uh, for not. I mean, it has a negative cost in a sense because you actually want to get rid of it. You still want to sense it. Okay, it still might be worthwhile for you to sense it in order to prepare for it or something like that, and. The more pure signals, whatever that means, is something which is really served... I mean, you're not secreting it because you need to get rid of it. I don't
5: think you want to go
1: that way. I'm not going that that way.
5: Yeah, Yeah, that's, uh, I think, completely... No, but uh, I... So if there is... Let's
1: let's take ethanol
5: as an example. You know, cats uh, may be uh, getting rid of urea, but they're also signaling to each other.
1: True, true, true. It can You're start the same There's
5: information on it. So it's completely irrelevant.
1: Yeah, but you cannot... How uh,
5: s- metabolically this thing is produced.
1: No, I, I disagree with you that yes. it's irrelevant. Because it, it is relevant bec- from the evolutionary perspective. Cues has, of course, a lot of information in them. So obviously they can be used, but you can't decide not to make them in a sense. Okay? I mean, this is so- philosophy. I, I think the distinction is. I, I think it's not, but what this is. Changes. What's going to yeah. exactly? What's going to change
5: in the world? Uh, you know, from uh, this classification.
1: You're not I, no, So I disagree. I okay. think okay. I think this classification is relevant. Okay, mostly because people, for example, have been arguing for intracellular. Okay, definitely in the interpretation, because Bonny Basler for example, has been pushing this AI2 as a Inter-kingdom communication signaling system because everyone is making this AI2 molecule and everyone is sensing this AI2, AI2 molecule, but to claim that the evolutionary trajectory of, of the behavior of this molecule is the same as a very highly specific peptide in Gram positives, probably not true.
3: Okay, so so there, there would be a way of rationalizing like a, a sort of assigning an information content. to each of these signals, and asking questions like, for example, just what what was just mentioned, maybe we haven't discovered all of them yet, so for example, (coughs) how much of the behavior variation is explained by the existing, uh, known... So many of these... So AI2 is very... So there's a lot of quantitative questions, probably, of that Mm -hmm. information-theoretic thought that one can ask.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously AI2 is... Far less specific, so its information content yes. is far reduced than a very, very highly specific peptide. So,
3: so, and uh, there might like, also be pleiotropic ones that are used in many different sort of contexts, and others, like, like as you just mentioned, the specific peptide which is just used for one very specific thing. And so, so, it's probably, you know, in terms of the usage and the sort of a lot of sort of reasons... Okay, so I'll,
1: I'll give you an even more extreme example than too. I was discussing that yesterday. Ethanol, I mean. Yeast cells secrete ethanol into the environment when they grow uh, when they are grow they are in low relatively low density and they have a lot of glucose because they don't want to utilize it. Uh, is that exactly a signal? Of course, it has an information content in it. But would you call it a quorum cool sensing signal? Maybe I don't know. It's probably undergoing very different.
3: If it's used.
1: So they obviously can sense also the level of ethanol, okay? But there are other adaptive forces that actually drive the production of this thing, okay? That's what I'm saying. It's not only for the sake of information. Yeah, no,
5: that uh, so fine. we
1: won't disagree with you, right? Okay. So, so that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think you need to be careful about to think about whether your signal has another purpose except for being a signal. Okay. Let's I mean, this,
3: this we have many of these. Option of, of uses, right? So, so oh, yeah. in, in a cell, you yep. have
5: transcription factors that are transcription factors, but they also do something else. True. So, so that's, that's, that's one way of absorbing the cost of secreting the, the, the signal, right? Because you only get rid of it uh, anyway, right? It's free.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's true. But it also, like it senses. System. But also, you must think of signals not only in a good way, but also other organisms can hear you, okay? And that may introduce other social contexts to this behavior. Yes,
6: maybe you want so, to dig it in the it
1: True. So <laughs> I'm just saying there's a variety of behaviors. One has to be very careful about understanding that and not aggregate everything into quorum sensing, specific signal with a specific receptor. And so studying, and studying for example, a monoculture in that respect may give you an information content which is very different then what happens if you study in a a culture of multiple bacteria? Question? So
4: uh, I would like to to perhaps link two things. Uh, You said that there may be much more signals, many more signals out there. So the reason why maybe they are there and they are not being studied is because maybe they are weaker or something like that, or there's just maybe the bacteria are more sensitive to some than to the others,
1: or at least the response that one can measure? is. So there are several reasons. First of all, some that's just not been identified. That's, that's the easy part. Some of them, so a, a microbiologist would not call ethanol a quorum sensing signal, despite the fact that it's been produced by some cells, because it seems to be also related to too many other things. So I do think that at least the way microbiologists look at that, and again, one can discuss, what, is that it has to be something which is really just conveying inf- pure information and doesn't have any other... Means, but then there's still some, of course, a lot of debate on whether, for example, this AI2 molecule, which okay. is very in deep. that
4: case, so in those kind of signals that they supposedly produce this very specific information, mm-hmm. do these uh, organisms actually respond only to this signal, or, or to they other things? Respond to other signals? So,
1: so what the microbiologists will do is an experiment. It will just delete the known signals, take the medium. Mm-hmm that is there, and see whether cells that you now put them in this medium also react to something which is not just the metabolic aspect of the medium. So again, and this is not a one-to-one distinction between metabolism and, 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 and uh, pure signal, if you care about... Because obviously, <coughs> when density increases, many things happen to the metabolic state of the environment, and that, that's a perfectly good... Signal information content for deciding that you are in a dense environment versus non-dense. Okay. So so and so they will look for specific molecules which are not considered to be metabolic molecules that has a signaling content.
4: So and have you ever met an example where the same signal, so the same molecule, actually induces a different response from other organisms?
1: Oh, definitely. So first what of all, okay. even things which are considered to be signals are being used by different organisms, and each one of them for its own purposes. Another thing that is actually being observed is that sometimes you have lonely receptors. So you have a receptor, you know exactly to which signal it responds, but actually the bacteria doesn't make the signal at all. Okay. And one explanation for that is that it's eavesdropping basically. So it, it, it hears if any other bacteria is making this signal, and then it responds to that. OK? So this is also observed. Thank you. Let's thank our doctor.